Ladies, gentlemen, Phantomaniacs, the votes have been voted, the tallies have been tallied, and a decision has been arrived at by the people. Congratulations are in order. For four more years of no politics on needless things. Phantomaniacs, and welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and right now I am staring into the beady little eye of a brand new webcam because I am considering some things. You may all know that the Needless Things YouTube channel has been quite active over the past few months. Maybe you don't know that. If you don't, go check it out. There's some great toy reviews over there. I try and have a lot of fun uh, with the way that I review toys, but it is also important to me to actually review toys. Uh, So I got... Here's here's what's been happening. One, I'm sitting here looking at my levels right now. I'm concerned that I'm not loud enough because I have a new PC here, and I'm, this is the first episode that I am producing with my new PC. Uh, the old one kept giving me these error messages and making me very scared that I was going to lose stuff. Uh, all of my stuff, everything I have is on external files. Uh, but my concern was about losing something in the middle of a recording or just something catastrophic happening because it's technology and that's how it goes sometimes. So I didn't want that to happen. Uh, that thing was at least six or seven years old, which in computer years is like 140. So. I decided that it was time to upgrade, time to get something new, and I I did the smart thing this time. Last time I did an upgrade, one, I lost an interview. Speaking of losing interviews, I lost an interview with Princess Superstar, uh, who if you're not familiar with, you should check her out. She's hilarious and smart and funny and all this cool stuff. I did a great interview with her and lost it in the transfer from one PC to the other PC. Uh, And then this one, I transferred everything before I did, like, anything. Well, like I said, it's all on external drives anyway, but there are still uh, programs that were actually on the PC that I had to move over or re-download. And I sat down and I made a list of all of the programs that I use uh, in everything. So I have, there are a couple things I have new versions of that look much nicer, but also seem to work a little bit differently. So I'm kind of figuring that out right now, since this is the first episode uh, that I am recording with this PC. And I also upgraded in that 
all episodes of the Needless Things podcast that are recorded uh, via long distance, which is going to be pretty much everything for the foreseeable future, uh, it's going to be done via Zoom. I asked the producer, Smart Mark Sterling, of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, which you know I'm a huge fan of, uh, what they use to get the great sound quality that they get for every single episode of that show, and also for the other things that they do. And he said Zoom, and explained to me uh, how, like, how it was good, why it worked well, and I finally decided, you know what, uh... You know the podcast is not going to become any more any more profitable than it is, and that's okay. I've got to be okay with that because I do this because I love it. And if I really love it, don't I want it to be the best it can possibly be? So what you were hearing tonight was my very first recording using Zoom. Now I assume as I do this more, I will get better at it. I will learn the the ins and outs and the little bits and pieces that make everything work really well. I already know there was one setting that I needed to do differently, uh, but I've already got two episodes recorded that I didn't do it that way. I don't think it'll make a huge difference, but going forward, it really could make a huge difference potentially. Uh, I just... You know, whatever this podcast may be, I still want it to be the best it can be, and I want it to be up to my personal standards, and Skype was simply not allowing that. Uh, it, it just it wasn't. So it was time to move on to something different, and part of that was tonight's guest returning to the show, Mr. Tim Clark, co-creator of the Boglins, creator of the Sectars. Uh, he has been on... Uh, it's First of all, I've got to say... This man absolutely honored me with his presence way, way, way back six years ago on episode 25, only 25 episodes into this show. I, I, I had only produced 25 episodes of this podcast. I'll make it absolutely clear. That's nothing. Uh, many podcasts die shortly after 25 episodes, and here we are at 342. Mr. Tim Clark came on the show, we had a fantastic conversation about everything, his work for the Jim Henson Company, uh, Boglin, Sectars, Toys, just everything. It's a, it's a wonderful episode, uh, and I, I was, it's still one of the highlights of my podcasting career. So go back and listen to that one, episode 25. And then episodes 179 and 189 were recorded live at DragonCon, where I moderated panels with Tim uh, talking about his work on The Dark Crystal, and again, uh, more information about his work with toys over the years. Uh, they're, all three of them are great episodes. You know, The first one is just a straight-up great interview, and the other two are in front of a live audience, very interactive, very fun. Uh, Tim is a wonderful guy. He, come on, Boglins, what more do you need to know? Uh, but he came back on the show because Boglins are coming back, and you can get in right now... Uh, just Google Boglins Kickstarter. First thing that comes up, Boglins World Domination. You can get... Now, for for children of the 80s, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Uh, if you're younger than that, you probably know what Boglins are, but maybe don't understand the magic entirely. But let me just tell you, you can get a full-size Boglin. This is a one of the large Boglins puppets, uh, like foam, rubber, latex style. But that's not what they're made of, but like that, puppets with the mechanical eyes inside that you manipulate with your fingers, move the eyeballs back and forth, and they glow in the dark, you can get a Boglin, full-size, large Boglin, that 
up, up until now, you could go on eBay and pay like 250 bucks for one of these, and it may not even be in that great of shape. For $40 plus $10 shipping, you can get a brand new Boglin from this Kickstarter campaign, complete with the original style packaging, the big cardboard box that looks like a, a cage or a crate and actually has the moving cage bars on the front. Best toy packaging of all time for 50 bucks full-sized boglin and this is a large hand puppet it's it's incredible it blew my mind because when i first saw that boglins were coming to kickstarter my i'll tell you right now my my initial thought was oh, they're probably gonna be about 100 bucks a piece and guess what i'm gonna pay it 50 bucks shipped you get a boglin there are three different ones there there go look just go look at all the different tiers and we talk about it in the interview i just wanted to make sure and put it over here in the introduction because it's incredible to me one that boglins are coming back two that they are not being uh, manipulated by a larger toy company tim is in control of the brand that boglins are going to be exactly what he wants them to be not what mattel wants them to be or not what some other big conglomerate wants them to be these are straight from the creator uh i think it's fantastic so anyway great interview coming up with tim but before we get to that uh there's a, a lot of news and a lot of toy talk Okay, lots of toys, shipping, things finally showing up in stores and mailboxes, cool stuff happening. The Mezco 112 Collective uh, Punk Rock Tank Girl Harley Quinn, I can't remember the exact name, uh, has arrived in the mail. I will be reviewing it on the Needless Things YouTube channel very soon now. I also received the Joe Bob Briggs action figure from Plastic Meatball and Fright Rags. This is the red variant, and then I've got a Halloween variant on the way from Plastic Meatball themselves. Uh, they actually produced the figure, and I posted it up on Instagram, and I have a little bit of news for you guys. I don't know if it's news that I'm supposed to announce or not, but since Fright Rags told me and didn't say, like, keep this secret, I'm going to go ahead and tell you a Darcy the Male Girl, male girl figure is planned for 2021 so darcy is on the way and i would imagine uh since they've already done three different joe bob variants i would imagine we'll get a few different versions of darcy as well or at least a few different repaints but considering like makeup and stuff there are a lot of different things you could do with the same buck for a darcy figure so i think that's awesome so there's a little news for you that you may not know courtesy of needless things and me trying to do stuff on instagram uh, what else came in the mail? Oh, stuff showing up in stores uh, from Mattel. WWE's Decade of Dominance finally showing up. Uh, I found the big giant cube that has Elite 70, whatever, the, the series with The Fiend and Rick Rude. Um, that is in the cube, the 30th Anniversary Undertaker, which looks incredible. I don't know if I'm going to do a video or not on it. Uh, matter of fact, I might go live with that somewhere sometime so join the needless things podcast facebook group uh to get the heads up on that um the survivor series figures uh tons of stuff in this cube and then at target i found legends series eight uh, i got the regular jake the snake with the burgundy pants some, some people are calling that purple that's not purple that's that's burgundy or maroon probably maroon uh 
Eddie Guerrero looks amazing. And then I think the Paul Orndorff looks really good. I think he's great. And he, I mean, Orndorff didn't change a whole heck of a lot throughout his career. So this, this will, I will probably stick this Orndorff on my WCW shelf, uh, even if he's not necessarily a WCW Orndorff. But that's okay, uh, because sometimes you got to bend the rules a little bit. Uh, so lots of stuff showing up in stores right now. Still no Cobra Island, but we'll talk about that on the Audible Interlude podcast, which I hope you listened to last week's Halloween episode and this week's brand new episode uh audible interlude a gi joe podcast drops the first monday of every month and the needless things podcast is every single friday lots of podcasts going on lots of things happening at needless things uh so well i'll I'll move on because ringside fest happened today and there's some cool stuff that I wanted to mention just really quickly in the intro here. Uh, there's a, a new generation, like a 94 uh, Jerry the King Lawler, that looks amazing. He's got his bangs, he's got his mullet, he's got his crown. Uh, he's in a blue and white color scheme. He has his uh, cape, and the tights have this crazy deco on him. He looks incredible. And I've been watching 94, 90, well, I'm in 95 now but uh, 94 to 95 Raws, and Lawler is crucial to the success, what success Raw had in that era. So this figure's a big deal for me. Uh, they've got a heel NXT Finn Balor with the, uh, the in Teen Titans, when Robin kind of went undercover as a bad guy, and he was the Red X, and for all I know, the character's name was Red X, and I sound like a dum-dum right now, and that's fine, I don't mind that. Uh but he's got the the new Balor logo with the red X behind it that reminds me of that uh, on a soft good shirt. Excellent likeness on this thing. Uh, he's got the new tattoo on the hand. He's got the black sleeve. Uh, looks great. John Morrison, modern John Morrison figure. Not just a render, like fully prototype figure with soft goods entrance jacket, uh, glasses, headband, big poofed out hair uh this would make a great boon the bounty hunter figure and i kind of might buy two of them just so i can make a boon custom because mattel's not as cool as jack's where they're going to sneak stuff like the rock from walking tall into the line or like a scorpion king rock figure uh we're not going to see a boon john morrison figure so i'm gonna have to make one myself and I, i don't do customs but i mean this would be a pretty easy head swap with a figure with some jeans on or something. So I, I might do that, because if you haven't watched Boone the Bounty Hunter, you really should. There's also an Alexa Bliss. Uh, I don't know how... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to want to see this one in person. Uh, New Edge looks phenomenal. He's got a chase and a regular version. Uh, there's a gray and red, and then a gold and black and red. I'm sure those are specific events, but I couldn't tell you which one's off the top of my head. Uh, new Smiling Drew McIntyre, which I like, because that's kind of his thing, is that smile... That grin he has, uh, I dig it. A Dusty from, I think, 1990 Survivor Series, the, that, that first Undertaker match, because it's the Dusty with the top hat, the black with the red polka dots, and uh, the chicken foot, and he's got a new Dusty head sculpt. So I'm really excited. about. I'll buy pretty much any Dusty they make. So any Dusty Rhodes is good Dusty Rhodes. Ultimate. NWO Hollywood Hulk Hogan three heads NWO shirt weight belt 
uh, spray painted WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Great, like I, this is incredible. This is going on my WCW shelf. It has to. Uh, there's a new Austin uh, Ultimate Austin Ultimate Ric Flair. Looks both of them look great. Flair's got the woo face. Uh, it's and it's Flair in purple, which as you may know is my preference. Comes with the old style World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, he's got the four horsemen hands. He's got pointing fingers, and I'm sure he'll have a soft goods entrance robe. Uh, Austin's got the knee brace, got a bunch of different hands, no middle fingers, obviously. Uh, and a vest, the old Austin 316 Stone Cold vest. He looks great. He's got a laughing face that I think is phenomenal. Uh, WrestleMania 12 Ultimate Warrior. I'm not really a warrior guy, but I think that figure looks great. A new Liv Morgan with her new gear. This is just a render, but it looks awesome. And her torso, uh, her new, which granted she's worn a lot of different stuff already with this sort of new character she's she's doing, but this is her debut as the new character. And the gear is actually sculpted. It's not just painted on a standard female torso. I think that's great. She's got a sculpted belt. She's got the little leg piece thing, the thigh piece thing that she wore. Uh, looks great. Awesome, Liv Morgan. Uh, new Seamus is needed. Uh, new Alistair Black with his hooded, giant, pointy shoulder robe and all of his updated tattoos, which is important. Uh, the Boneyard match Undertaker. Must have. Absolute must have. And as much as we don't need any more AJ Styles figures ever, we have to have a Boneyard match AJ Styles. It has to happen. Uh, Karrion Cross was shown. I'm not real happy with his low kick pads because that's not accurate. Uh, and they did the same thing with uh, what's his uh, Eric from the Viking Raiders, Viking Warriors, Viking Express, whatever they are. Uh, they need to stop doing that. And they also need to get rid of the cut joint at the waist. That is so ugly and outdated. And it actually looks to me like some of these renders might have a waist that's more like what the AEW figures have, which is the sort of ball-jointed socket type thing, uh, rather than the cut joint. Because that cut joint waist is is so uh, 2004. Is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, Two-pack with Rowdy, Roddy, Piper, and Mr. T from WrestleMania 2. Piper with the plaid hooded entrance robe with hot rod on the back. Uh, Mr. T with the entrance jacket with the hood. Uh, both in their boxing gear. These look incredible. I wasn't going to buy them because they're, even though they're from WrestleMania, they're kind of boxing figures. So I was kind of like, eh, this is so specific. I don't know that I need this. They look incredible. And these are both two icons of my youth that I have to add to my shelf. Even though I got that San Diego Comic-Con, Mr. T, uh, I, I've got to have this one. This is angry, getting ready to beat up Rowdy Roddy Piper, Mr. T. And this is yelling, angry Rowdy Roddy Piper. I, I love these. I've got to get this set. Uh, Jeff Hardy and Triple H from 2001 looks cool. Triple H has what looks to be a new Intercontinental Championship uh, that maybe hasn't been done in the line before, but I'm not positive about that because I'm not super on top of belts. So uh, sorry for that. I, I do my best to provide insight and to provide information, but I don't know it all. Uh, there's a new Zelina Vega coming that looks great. She's got a really intricate entrance jacket and a little crown headpiece deal. Uh, looks really nice. I'm just kind of scrolling here trying to find 
everything because it's really hard to go through WWE's listings on these. Uh, they're not the best. Oh, Freebird Michael Hayes. Uh, the sun, the 80s style sunglasses are in the picture. This is definitely an 80s Michael Hayes, uh, and he's probably going to have the Bad Street USA soft goods shirt. That's my guess. Usually with the renders and like early prototypes and stuff, they don't show soft goods with them. So super excited for that Michael Hayes. Uh, Umaga in red, which is very cool. He's going to be part of the Royal Rumble uh, four-figure set that's Target exclusive. It's about time we get a new Umaga, and this one looks fantastic. I am all about them revisiting, uh, you know, any of these older figures that have the the uh, that don't have the true effects. I am a fan of the true effects. Uh, WrestleMania six Ultimate Warrior with the yellow Intercontinental Championship, two different heads. Uh, one of them with the face paint worn off, like the post-match face paint, looks great. I'm not a big Warrior guy, like I said, but this figure looks really good. He's also part of that Royal Rumble set. Um, I might be about out of scrolling. Uh, that's not everything that was shown, but that's definitely the highlights, definitely the stuff that I wanted to talk about. And uh, that's that's some good stuff. It's an exciting time if you're a fan of wrestling, a fan of wrestling figures. A lot of cool stuff from the past being shown. Uh, a lot of cool modern stuff we saw. So go and, go and uh, you know, just poke around. Probably Instagram. Just look at Ringside Collectibles on Instagram, and I'm sure they'll have great pictures of all of these figures up now. And uh, next week, we'll be back with less wrestling-centric news. So as I mentioned before, Tim Clark is returning to the Needless Things podcast. We have a great conversation about how the Boglins are returning, what we can all do to be part of that incredible process, get our own Boglins. Eight Boglins are coming out in 2021, and this is happening. But you're going to have to listen to the interview with Tim to find out exactly how. Before you do that, I want to encourage you to check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, lots of fun over there, lots of toy reviews, uh, new stuff is going to be going up this Monday and Wednesday. Uh, join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group, although you do have to answer the three questions. I cannot reiterate that enough. They are very, very simple, but they are qualifiers to get into the group. You got to do it. Um, what else? I, you guys, I think that's it. I think I've run out of steam. I've run out of topics. I've run out of pre-show things so now please enjoy this interview with the incredible the wonderful the glorious the talented the magnanimous tim clark Is it well, 40 years 
It was. That's what I was just looking up because we did the Dragon Con pan. No way. Okay, six years ago, you were really? on six. Well, six years ago, you were on episode twenty-five. That was oh. that was the time I just contacted you through Instagram. Right, 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 right. And we just talked about Boglins and Sectars and everything else. And then Dragon Con was three years ago. Yeah. 2017, where we did the panels about the Dark Crystal, yeah. and then we did the Sectars and Boglins. Uh, and, and I finally got to meet Marty Robinson. Yes, yes. Which was so funny when you think about it. I mean, we worked... It's funny because when he started working on Sesame Street, I had gone to England to work on Dark Crystal. And then when I came back, I was working on Fraggle Rock, but he didn't work on Fraggle Rock. So it's like people would say, and the, the funny thing is he lives in the next town over from me in Connecticut. And people <laughs> would say to me, Oh, well, you must know Marty Robinson. And I said, well, I know of him, but I've never actually met him, even though we both worked at Muppets at the same time. So it was it was funny that I walked into the airport because we both left from White Plains Airport, which is a tiny, you know, place. And I saw him and of course I knew what he looked like. So I I walked um over to him and I said, hi, um, I'm Tim Clark. You, you don't know me, but we both worked at Muppets at around the same time. And he went, oh, really? And, you know, then we just started talking about our, and he was telling me how, how Kermit Love treated him terribly on Sesame Street. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because, because Kermit had wanted somebody else to get the job of doing Snuffy. He didn't want Marty to do it. Oh, and, and um, so he gave Marty hell a hell of a time for like the first three years he was there. <coughs> and then finally, you know, like Kermit, you know, admitted that he was a good puppeteer. But can you imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, actually, I can completely different circumstance. But I actually had something along the same lines where years and years ago when I was working in retail, um, I got promoted into a position at, at kind of one of the more desirable stores in the area. Mm -hmm. uh, and the sort of the big main guy is the one that put me there, but then my boss was actually under him. So right. I wasn't the guy he wanted in the store, but I was the guy his boss wanted in the store. And it's, right. it, it's tough to start from that position because yeah. you, you know, you can do the job. Uh, right. And the person who hired you knows, but you, you still got to prove it to, to this other person who didn't want you there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, Amazing. Amazing I, I wanted to, uh, talk to the, you know, we've, we talked plenty over the years here, which uh, it's so funny to me to say over the years, but, uh, about Boglins, but now they're back in such a big way. I'm so excited. And there's so many sort of specific things I want to talk about, but okay, right here at the beginning for the listeners, let's just go ahead and talk about the fact that the Kickstarter is up and running. Now it blew yes. away the goal in, was it first day? Um, well, to tell you what happened was, um, 
Chris Cafoni, who I'm doing this with, used to work with me at Melissa and Doug Toys, and he was one of their top salespeople. And he, for many years since I left Melissa and Doug, he's been, you know, he's been going to other companies. And each time he would go to a new company, he'd say, oh, I really want to do Boglins. I really want to do Boglins. And um, so he was always gung-ho about it. But he had a hard time, like just like I. I have been going to Toy Fair for the last, I would say, act really actively for the last three years or, or maybe four, trying to get somebody else to pick up Boglins and nobody would touch it. And, you know, then finally Chris wound up at Jazzwares and he said, to them, you know, I really want to do Boglins. And I, you know, I met with the owners at Toy Fair and they muddled around about it for like six months. And Chris had gotten, you know, all these people interested in buying into it, you know, so he knew he had sales already. And then uh, eventually um, Jazzwares decided that they didn't want to do it. Mm. So then Chris left Jazzwares and he started working for another company and that didn't last. And then he, he finally said, you know what, Tim, I'm having, I, I'm sick of doing this. I want to start my own company. And the first thing I want to do is Boglins. And I said, great. So um, once he started getting into it and we started talking about what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it and, I said, well, I think we should, you know, definitely do, you know, and he agreed the, the, <coughs> the three large ones. He was, he was really, you know, we have to have the eye mechanism. We have to have the original box design, everything that everybody loves. And I said, yeah, but we got to change them in some way um, so that people who have the, the original ones, you know, we're not going to devalue their collection right because right. they become really expensive so he said well great because he said i've always wanted to do kind of like a spoof on on um game of thrones with but with boglins and it'll be you know the the seven bog king kings and i said well actually the mini boglins in england ha had a king and they were made up of all these tribes of chieftains and you know, like peasants and whatever, you know, it's like all these different levels of category. And he didn't know, he didn't know anything about that because, you know, it's like most people in the U S don't, they don't know that there were over a hundred mini Boglin characters created over the course of like seven years. Well, that's until so, I spoke to you six years ago in that first interview, I had right. no idea. I had no clue until I talked to you about it. Right, right. So, so I said that falls, you know, right into what we've already done. So he said, great, you know, I want you to create a map, and we're gonna have the seven kingdoms. And we're gonna have, <coughs> sorry, um, we're gonna have uh, the, the um, different characters, you know, and I said, well, well, we'll, what we'll do is what we always said was that the Boglin Kings had three horns and he said, Oh, that's great. You know? So because there was one mini Boglin 
that was the King Boglin, but it was never released. And then I started producing them because I found the original mold of, of it. So it was stored away in my, in my, uh, my basement. So that's what we're, you know, doing with the, the, with the new ones is that you now have King Dwork, King Drool and King Vlob. And then we're going to do two horn versions of uh, Blobkin and Vagabones, you know, that'll come out next fall. So these will be, the first one will be the three Kings that'll be released, we hope towards the end of spring, beginning of summer, now that we're funded, because, you know, the thing is, the thing that was always daunting about producing large Boglins is one, the box is expensive because it's a double walled box and it has to have the injection molded bars. So that's an expenses for the mold for the bars. Then the Boglins themselves, the tail is separate, the arms are separate, the, they all have to be jointed. And the eye mechanism is multiple, multiple parts. So just to produce the molds for one Boglin costs $25,000. And Chris said, don't worry. You know, it's like, I will, you know, put up some of the money to get us going. And I said, well, I think we should do a Kickstarter. And he said, what, what's that? And I said, well, <laughs> we, we basically post, you know, on Kickstarter that we want to bring Boglins back and that we need to raise a certain amount of money. And he said, well, um, yeah, we're going to start out by trying to raise $75,000. And I said, no, that's too high. You know, it's like, if you want people to get involved in it, we have to show them that it's actually going to fund. So we'll start at 25 and then we'll just keep prompting people, you know, to join us. And, you know, we, we were amazed because what happened was we, he didn't want to, to release till the 30th because we needed to line up the factory in China. We needed to have all these things up and ready, you know, because we were basically saying, even if we don't, even if we just get 25,000, we'll, you know, work together to fund it. And so, so it was, you know, it was a wild ride. So, he kept on saying to me, Tim, don't release anything till the 30th. Don't release anything to the 30th because I want to build this big promotional campaign with publicity and the trade magazines. And I said, okay, fine, I won't. And he said, you can hint at it on Instagram, which was what I was doing. And if you if you followed the Instagram page. Oh, it was driving me crazy. I was going yeah. nuts. What is yeah, yeah. Then, he doing? And, and, you know, the, this one guy contacted me, he said, Tim, I love what you're doing. He said, it reminds me of when I was a kid in Texas and I'd be driving with my family somewhere and you'd see these billboards to come and see the freak show at such and such, you know, museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you would get all these, you know, road signs along the way. See, you know, the, the tattooed woman and see, you know, like all these weird things, you know, and and um, it's five dollars, you know. It's only five dollars to entrance fee. And he said, "Of course." Then you get there, and it was be just like some, you know, terrible schlocky thing. But he said it reminded me so much of that when I was a kid, the way you were doing those little banners in between giving the hints. 
And I oh. said, good, I'm glad, you know, that you enjoyed it because I wanted to create some, you know, kind of story to go with the release. Well, it was great. And it was so exciting to follow. And, you know, with it being the season it was, you, you know, you had an idea of when you were going to make whatever the announcement was. So it was, it yes. wasn't excruciating. And, it was exciting. And everybody was telling us, no, no, you can't do a Kickstarter uh, right at Halloween. And we were going, well, why not? And uh, like everybody had reasons of why it's the worst time of the year to do it, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're too far away from the summer. You're too close to Christmas. You know, like all these like bizarre reasons. And we, Chris <laughs> and I were going, but why? You know, and then, and then I started thinking about it because my sales up on my website are up this year because everybody's at home. Yes. And we thought, well, you know what? If everybody's going to be home at Halloween, what could be better than to launch it at Halloween? And of course, it worked phenomenally. And what happened was all the publicity was sent out like three or four days beforehand. And Toy Book released it on the 28th, the night of the 28th. And Chris called me up because, Tim, Toy Book released it early. And I, they were supposed to not do it till the 30th. <laughs> And he said, I don't want people going to the Kickstarter page and, and there's nothing there. Right. He said, I've got I've to release it. I said, well, all right, fine. And he said, you can start talking about it now early. You know? And I said, okay, that's fine. So, so then I rushed to do something quick to post on Instagram. And I think the article came out around, or Chris made the thing live around nine o'clock. And the next morning on the 29th, I think it was, we had, you know, like $170 or something. And then all of a sudden, you know, once I had, I started promoting it on all the places on Facebook and on Instagram and, you know, um, to all these groups, you know, the Dark Crystal group, the Fraggle Rock group, you know, the all the Boglin Facebook groups, you know, all these different things that, you know, to promote it. And the numbers just started jumping, jumping, jumping. Plus we sent out a, you know, uh, a, a mass email to all the people who've been buying Boglins from me to tell them that, you know, the, the big ones were finally going to be back. And it just went. So like in the first day we made the, the goal back and then Kickstarter made it one of their, you know, projects we love. And by the next day it had doubled. And then by the next day it had tripled. And we were just going, ah, this is great. You know, we funded, we funded the, all the molds for the first three. And, and Chris was like, well, and I said to him, well, you know, we got to start talking about what we'll do next year is the, the rest of the seven um, bog ones. And he said, and I said, yeah, okay, fine, but I haven't finished all the artwork yet. <laughs> so he said, you got to get them done. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, then I rushed to finish um, the next four, which are, there's going to be uh, King Swag. Swag is uh, the king of the Soggy Boglins. And I have been doing him on my website, but he'll be enlarged and he'll have the bit, the, the moving eyes and, um, you know, some other features that we're looking into that'll be new. And then um, King 
Uh, Topor, who comes from, is one of the lowland Bogwans, he will be completely new. And uh, King Wart is a Bogland that was only released in Europe, but was a large Bogland. But I always liked the way he looked and his character. So he'll be one of the, the new ones. And then um, we decided to take one of the, um, the small Boglins um, and make him a king and that's uh, Spunk. So Spunk will now be, um, you know, one of the large Boglins. And that will be the first time that one of the small Boglins has made that transition into being, um, uh, you know, a large Boglin with moving eyes and a longer tail and longer arms, but we'll keep his character. So, um, yeah, you know, it's been, I, I mean, I, we were both just floored by the reception because, you know, we, we just didn't expect it. We, we were hoping for it, but I, it was just like remarkable. And he kept calling me up. He goes, Tim, it's jumped again. The numbers have jumped again. I said, yes, I know. I'm watching it. It's fascinating. So it's been, it's been wonderful. You know, and now, and now, um, you know, we're on to, um, because uh, we had paid for the 3D prints to be made so that the molds would be um, created as quickly as possible. So now we're rushing to, with China to get everything up to steam. And um, they sent me the first uh, color samples and I've made some corrections and, and we're going to be moving forward. So it's great. Well, that's, you know, talking about how fast it jumped up. I think I went and backed on the second day because when I first went and looked, there, there were a couple of things that blew my mind about the Kickstarter. The first thing was, if you want a Boglin, you go, you, all you have to do is Google Boglin's Kickstarter and it's first thing up. Like there's no trouble finding it great. whatsoever. Uh, but if you just want a Boglin, 40 bucks to back this, gets you one of these full-size Boglins. That's mind-blowing. Right. I know. And 10 bucks shipping, which, yeah. you and know, which is in fantastic. the U.S., yeah. you can't beat it, especially when, you know, the old Boglins, you know, in the box, if they're even in decent shape, are selling for, you know, 100 to 200 to $300. And the Halloween Boglins, which everybody wants, you know, they're selling from $350 to... You know, some uh, one recently sold for eight hundred because it had the you know still had the name tag on the front of the box, you know. So the hang tag, I should say. So yeah, uh, you know, and some people are saying, "Oh, but if you know, it's five hundred dollars to get eight boglins." I said, "I said, how can That's you a bargain?" <laughs> I uh, like, uh, and they say, "Well, well, I really want bogabones and blobkin." I said, "You can't buy two of them." for $500. Right. Right. I said, I said to the, the one guy who said to me, I really want, you know, those two. And I said, well, buy the eight and sell three of them, Yes, you know, and, and sell all three of them. You'll make your money back. And he said, but I want to keep them all. And I said, what <laughs> can I do for you? And so then I said, I called Chris and I said, you know, Chris, everybody wants the, the Bogabones and Blobkin. And he goes, I know, I know, I know. I, he said, you know, just tell them you'll sell them on your website starting next year. 
as separate items. But right now we need the money to keep coming in to fund this thing. Yeah. Because, you know, then there's all the publicity that's to be paid for. And the guys who helped us do the video, we got to pay them. You know, it's like so there's a lot of money going into this. And and, you know, granted, we're doing really, really well. So um, and and eight Boglins and a T-shirt for 500 bucks is honestly one of the best Kickstarter deals I've seen. Yes. I agree. I, when Chris told me he wanted to, to sell eight, all eight for 500, I said, Chris, I don't think that's enough. You know, it's like either reduce the number or, or um, raise the price. And he said, no, 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 Tim, it'll be fine. He, he said, I've run all the numbers. It'll be fine. I said, okay, fine. You know, that's your side of the business. So right. if you're good with it, fine. You know, so, you know, well, that, uh, <laughs> But but again, for the listeners, if you just want a Boglin in a box, in that same original cage-style box, 40 bucks plus $10 shipping is is wild. It's, it's a wonderful deal. And when I first saw that the Kickstarter is what you were doing, I was thrilled because you're controlling what these look like, what they are. Because, you know, a lot of people may look at this and be like, oh, it's another Kickstarter toy line. Eh, but... If we were to see Boglins at mass market retail today at Walmart, at Target or whatever, they yeah. wouldn't be, they would not be this. No. And, and the thing, the wonderful thing about this is that it's the first time that Maureen and I have had total control of, of you know, what they are and how they're going to look and how we're moving forward with this. So that, and, you know, all these you know, ideas we've had for many, many years about where we wanted to take Boglins with the kings and the tribes that we never got to do, we are finally going to get to do. And as it goes on, you know, the next, you know, maybe two years, I mean, we're talking about 2022, we'll start um, uh, King Swag will be out for Soggy Boglins and we'll start reissuing you know, Slobster and um, Snish and the other one. And then we hope to do start doing the smaller Boglins. So at a lower price point. Um, so, you know, it's like, it, hopefully it's going to have a nice long history this time. And, um, you know, Chris wants to keep it going. You know, it's like we, it, the, the great thing is the, the mini Boglins in, in the UK were done as samurai boglins. And I have this great idea to do a series of samurai boglins, large ones. Um, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what's going to be special or different about them, of but I talked not. to Chris about it and he was like, ah, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. So um, hopefully those will be out in 2022. So that's what we're moving towards is, get the first seven Kings and then we're going to be moving into the samurai Boglins and the headhunter Boglins and all that great stuff. So, well, and just to run down real quick for the listeners, uh, who, as I said, just Google Boglins Kickstarter, you'll find it a single Boglin door, uh, King Dwork, King Vlob, yeah. King drool, 40 bucks, $10 shipping. Yeah. But then there's, for four hundred dollars, all three of those signed by you, which I got to say, meeting you at DragonCon and getting 
signed Boglins from you was so awesome. Uh, so to have the creator, the artist's signature on the work it is an awesome option to throw in here. Yeah. Uh, that's 400 bucks. And then for 500, like we were talking about eight Boglins, it's the three Kings golden versions of the three Kings, which I'm very curious. Yeah. Have you got concept art for any of those yet? Do you know exactly no, what they're um, going to be? It, basically what is that their horns are going to be gold. Okay. They're going to be golden color horns. And those are going to be strictly li very limited edition pieces. So that if you buy into that $500 level, you're not only getting the first three Kings, then you're going to get the limited edition um, uh, Kings with the golden horns and you're going to get Blobkin and, and Bogabone. So, you know, I mean, you can't lose, <laughs> you can't lose on the, on those, on those, because I think we're limiting the total production of the golden horn boglins to 10,000 pieces each. So there won't be any more than that. And if you get in early on the Kickstarter, then you, you'll, you'll get those. You'll be the first to get those. And that, that first to get them is very critical because I think one of the big things, and, and it says the same thing for Blobkin and Bogabones, which for the listeners, if you don't know, those are probably the most famous of the Boglins, the Halloween yep. Boglins, the orange yep. jack-o'-lantern, and then the glow-in-the-dark skeleton deco. Yeah. Uh, it says, be first to receive Blobkin and Bogabones in September of 2021. This is very important for toy collectors because as yep. you know, we're very impatient people. <laughs> And we want to be the first to have whatever the new thing is. So right. for me, knowing that I'm going to have those two Halloween Boglins in time for Halloween next year to do stuff on Instagram with them, to talk about them on the podcast, yeah. to review them on YouTube, like that's critical for, for your serious collectors is to get that stuff into your hands as soon as possible. Yeah. So this, this is the way to go. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, the final tier is $1,000 or more. Uh, you get all eight Boglins. Everything signed by you. You get the T-shirt. That's the deluxe, like, you're the serious biggest Boglins fan in the world. Yeah. 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 And, but, uh, and it's been amazing how many people are, you know, getting into that. That whole thing. And I, and I have to say, I appreciate everybody, whether you're buying one or you're buying three or you're buying five, it, you know, it, it's, it shows an amazing amount of love for the product. And um, uh, it's incredible. You know, it's like what we're able to accomplish, you know, with this is, just been really humbling in a way because you know it's like violence hasn't been out of the states in a long long time you know so that everybody remembers it with such fondness and i'm getting so much feedback about you know oh when i had violence as a kid it was my favorite toy and it was something that you know like that you you could manipulate and control yourself that was so much like what we were seeing in the movies back then and you know, it still has that appeal. And as Chris said, the great thing about Boglins is that now with the internet and 
uh, video being so accessible to everybody that we're, we will be selling a toy that will create content. It won't yes. be that we have to worry about, you know, having a television show that promotes it or a movie or a Netflix series. He said, the fact that the consumer, the kids and the adults will be able to create their own content with it is what makes it so magical. And, you know, it's like, I don't always think about those things because I'm so a part of it that I don't always, I'm not always removed from, from it enough to, to go, oh yeah, you know, that's true. And, and it started to happen already, you know, like now that people know they're coming out again, they're pulling out their old boglins and they're making little video clips and they're sending them to me and it's wonderful. It's really great. Well, and I think that's that's part of the key is is as soon as these things are getting into people's hands, then yeah. they're going to be doing Instagram stories, going up on YouTube. Yes. You're right. This is, I mean, honestly, this is a perfect social media toy. Well, and you even recorded something on your Instagram account with Bogabones yeah. uh, as a little as a little thank you, just stuff like that. It's it's such a yeah, fun yeah. interactive thing that. It doesn't require batteries. You don't plug it into your computer, but it's fully interactive and does whatever right. you want with it. Right. And it doesn't have a sound chip, you know, so it's annoying and it right. doesn't have uh, all this electric ga gadgetry. It's, it's, it's what it always was. The, the ability for kids to have control over, you know, a little monster character and they don't have to be afraid of it. It's something that they can manipulate and have fun with and, and now make, you know, little videos, you know, it's like um, parents have already, you know, taken out their old ones and started having their kids play around with them and send me the videos. And it's wonderful to see them. Now you've still got, um, totems.com. Yep. And I haven't been there recently. Do you still have some of the smaller bog ones up there available? Yeah, 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 I do. So if the listeners I, want boglins right now, you can go get yeah. some. That yes, definitely. I have a whole range of crazy boglins. You know, from the the one I I was doing when I met you back at um, Dragon Con, which is Grumpf and. Um, I recently did Grumpf as a werewolf and that one has been selling like crazy, of course, up until, you know, I, I mean, even after Halloween now, it's like, I'm still getting new orders for him because that was very popular. And um, what else I've done an anglerfish boglin as a new part of the soggy boglins. And then swag is also there. And, I finally did a bat boglin and we hope to expand on those coming up, you know, um, probably uh, Halloween of 2022. We, we hope to do that, you know, finally bring out those, you know, we'll, we'll do another um, probably Kickstarter next year um, to help fund, you know, the, 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 you know, the bat boglins and the soggy boglins. And I don't know what else. What we, we have to get, we have to get these guys. done first. <laughs> Right, 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 right. You know, it's like, 
first and I start talking and then we start daydreaming about all these things that you want to do. And then we go, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got to get these done first. <laughs> we got to get these done. So that's what's yeah. such a great thing about this, this concept though, is I, th I think there are so many different ways to go. Um, I want to talk with you a little bit about your creative process because we, in general, I think our listeners know getting a toy from concept to shelf is probably 12 to 18 months. Is that fair? Um, well, the process is a little bit faster now because of 3D printing, um, which makes the, the actual model making much quicker. So, um, yeah, it, I would say now, if you really have it planned out properly and you really are pushing things, you can maybe do nine months from, you know, but it's more, yeah, it's more really a year. It's really a year. So with these guys, you got for the Kickstarter, you guys have been working on this for, for a while before the Kickstarter. Actually oh yeah. Launched. Yeah. Yeah. A good three months of planning and then doing the video short and, you know, different shorts. And we're going to have more of those coming out over the next uh, two months. So now that we're into November, yeah, we're going to have more videos coming out in the next two months about um, what we're doing with Boglins and, you know, me spoofing, you know, well, the Boglins spoofing me is more like it than <laughs> the other way around. So, um, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of neat things coming up. It's going to be fun. So when you're developing things for, for your website, the smaller scale Boglins, what is... Yeah generally your time frame for that as far as coming up with a character and then actually getting you know the tool done and the mold and everything well from the ones i'm making i'm sculpting them then making silicone rubber molds and then casting them in that vinyl rubber um and that i mean it's a it's a shorter time frame to, to produce them. But to tell you the truth, I have been so busy making them, the ones I have and fulfilling the orders that I started a new sculpt um, back the beginning of September and I haven't been able to finish it because I've been so busy. And with COVID, um, the people who were working for me, um, one of them got COVID a while ago, so he couldn't come and help me. And then uh, another woman who was working with me, you know, part-time, she got offered a full-time job, so I lost her. So I've been having to produce everything myself, and I've been working six days a week, 12-hour days, knocking these things out, and I'm still having trouble keeping up. So, and then I've, I've been working on designing the new one, so yeah, yeah, it's been... It, it's been crazy great you know it's yeah been, yeah yeah and i'm and i'm trying to keep stepping back and enjoying you know the magic because i know more better than probably anybody else how know how rare this is you know it is so like i said i have been actively working for the last four years trying to get them to market and every toy company said no I mean, literally, I, I, I can't tell you, I've been, Maureen and I have been to so many toy companies 
And every one of them turned us down. And when Chris said, look, I still want to go. We said, great, let's go. You know, like enough of this, you know? So um, it's been phenomenal. It really has been phenomenal. Well, it's, it's fantastic that this is happening. And it's also, I, I want to urge the listeners, those of us who are toy collectors know how rare it is to even know who's responsible for a toy, who the, who the creators oh, yeah. were behind yeah. the toy. Yeah. And right now you can go to totems.com and get, you know, not only know that Tim Clark made, you know, created these, but literally that you're making them yourself, getting the toy yeah. directly from the creator, yeah. I think is it's something cute. truly special. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I don't know, Four years ago, somebody, you know, people were saying, why don't you bring Boglins back? And I said, look at, I've been trying. Like, well, then why don't you do them yourself? And I was going, you guys have no idea how difficult it is to make, make you know, Boglins, you know? And so I said, well, I'll start playing around, you know, with some new materials. So I, you know, it's like silicone rubber is way too expensive to do, you know, any kind of volume. It just you know, the Boglins would have to be hundreds of dollars a piece, even for little ones. And then, and it takes too long to set up, you know, it's timing is, is, is not good. And then I started playing around with a lot of different materials, you know, from urethane, no, it's too unreliable. And then, you know, it's like, I remembered some, a product I had worked with, I mean, Years and years ago, I think early on when we were working on Dark Crystal, we were trying this stuff out and we decided to not do it and use foam latex instead. And foam latex is no good because it takes a long time to, to mix and cure and then it doesn't last very long. So I, I started trying to find this old material that I had worked with and of course, no, like nobody, nobody uses it anymore because, you know, it's not, it's not as um, refined as silicone or, mm. you know, what they're using, you know, like some people in prosthetic makeup are still using uh, foam latex and find it superior because it's lighter. Some people are using silicone. The problem is it's, it's um, difficult to color and paint and yeah, you can do it, but it takes a lot of expertise. So, you know, I started hunting, trying to find this. And then finally I found one company that was still making, it. I called the, them up and, you know, uh, somebody answered who in reception and they said, Oh, well, you should talk to somebody in the, you know, uh, chemical department. And I, they put me on with this guy and, he said, wait a minute, who is this? <laughs> and I, I said, oh, it's Tim Clark. And I, I was one of the co-creators of Boglins and I'm trying to find this material. And he said, oh, you know, yeah, we still make it. And I said, the, the thing is, I need it to be like the consistency of what Boglins was like. And he said, don't worry, Tim. I had Boglins when I was a kid. Ah. And I will work with you on making that rubber. And I said, okay. So he started sending me, you know, 
different formulations and I would try them out and, and then I would talk to them and say, no, this is too rigid. This is too, you know, whatever. And we just kept playing back and forth and back and forth till I got something, you know, as close to the originals as I could. And, um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing, you know, for the last three years, I've been knocking those out. I, I mean, uh, since Dragon Con, just a little before Dragon Con, I started making them and, you know, they've been selling ever since, you know, and, and it's been very good. It's, you know, it's a lot of work, but I've been always, you know, it's like, I don't know, I get, I think it's some something about, it's that kind of Muppet mentality i mean when i worked at muppets there were there were most time you worked seven days a week 12 hours a day you know and you know but you loved it because it was you know such a magical creative thing that you know it was it was wonderful so it's amazing I the just, difference in your personal investment when you're, when you're putting that time into something that you care about and something that, you know, the end result is going to be rewarding to you in some way. And I'm not talking about financially. Yeah. I just mean that you know, you've created something almost spiritually rewarding, I guess that you're putting something yeah. cool that you're proud of out into the world. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I've never, you know, the last three years, I have not made a lot of money doing them myself because you can't, I just can't produce them fast enough or, you know, it's like people would call me and say, oh, can, can I order, you know, a few hundred of these for my store, you know, and get them wholesale. I said, I can't, there's no way I can't produce enough. And then I tried to find factories, you know, in the U.S. to do them. And the per piece, the, the mold cost was not too bad to do this because they could be, um, they don't, they wouldn't have to be injection molded. They could be rota molded, but the per piece price was so high. It just didn't make sense, you know? And then I, you know, I started exploring getting them done in China, but there, when you get into injection molding, like I said, it's $25,000 you know, to do an injection mold and there's no way around it. It's whether you do the injection mold here or you do it in China, it's the same price. So, you know, that was too daunting, but, you know, with Chris coming on board and, and him helping to fund it, uh, you know, it's, it's really made a big difference. And then to have everybody join in with the Kickstarter has been just it's like a little miracle, you know, it's like that it's all finally coming together. And I, I couldn't be happier. It's, it's just amazing. Well, Tim, I couldn't be happier for you. This is, uh, you know, one of the big, huge portions of my childhood was these Boglins in the eighties, because this whole, you know, them and mad balls and all the sort of, yep. Uh, yeah, gross. I, I hate the term gross out toys, but that's kind of what they were at the time. Yeah. And seeing them not just being revived and getting their due, but again, in your control is, is such an important and wonderful thing to see. I, I'm, I'm really happy for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. And thank yeah. you for coming back on the show to talk about Boglins again, before we wrap it up, is there anything else, uh, even toy industry related, just sort of the state of toy industry right now. You've been 
meeting with different people, seeing different things. Any thoughts about where we're at? You know, with well, the toy toys. industry is actually doing really well because everybody's stuck at home. Right, and right. So, um, from what I've heard from you know, uh, like Surge is going to be uh, handling licensing for Boglins now that it's coming back out. And um, I don't know if if you don't know who Surge is. Surge is uh, run by Mark Friedman, and he was the guy who brought. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to life. Ah. Took it from being a comic book done by two crazy guys up in Maine and made it, you know, helped to make it into that amazing toy line. So, you know, we're looking, we're looking forward to it, you know, Boggins finally getting its, its due, you know, it's, and the, I'm going to be working on, comic book probably in a book and you know all kinds of wonderful stuff for boglins you know over the course of the year so it's going to be awesome all, all of the stuff we traditionally associate with an awesome toy line yeah yeah finally bringing it to its fruition you know to make it what i what maureen and i always envisioned it to be and and could have been if mattel had stuck with it but you know, for whatever reasons, they decided that they didn't want to pursue it. And like I said, then it Seven Towns took the license back, took it to Idealo Sayers in, in uh, the UK and France. So it, it was a joint venture company, kind of. And it sold for seven more years in Europe. And that, that's really unusual for a toy line. So, yeah, hopefully now it, that magic will start to happen in the U.S. And the Kickstarter has been a really good sign of that. You know, um, I, I'm just so happy that the people who had it 30 years ago, you know, still remember it with such fondness and were willing to support us. You know, it's like it's it is quite amazing that everybody's coming out and saying oh how wonderful it is and you know how much we missed it and we're so glad that it's back so well tim thank you so much for coming on the show i cannot wait yeah, to have Dave, thank you for helping me to get the word out i oh really yeah appreciate it. as always you've always you know like i have to say when we did that interview back at Dra in at dragon con that panel discussion i that was one of the best interviews i ever had i think um you know it was just an amazing it was an amazing day you know it really was it well Hopefully it was we can repeat it again sometime yeah absolutely once things get back to where they should be uh we we got to get you back down here for some more dragon con panels with brand new boglins believe it yeah. or not yeah yeah that would be fantastic it would be lots of fun say say hi to Bo if you see him i haven't seen him I, I mean, I've talked to him on and off um, on Facebook and stuff, but I haven't seen him since. But you I, see him say hi. I will actually be talking to him in just a few hours here. We're recording another episode tonight, so I'll tell him you said oh, hi. Oh, good. Good. Great. Thank awesome. You. Thanks a lot, man. Yep. Bye. Bye. So right off the bat, there are some things about this new version of Audacity that I didn't ask for. 
that I have <laughs> that are better. And there are some things that are going to take some getting used to. The music you're hearing right now, I usually level down to about negative 15. And it's at level 10 now. And I think it's about the same level as it was in the other one. I, I've i got some learning to do. I've got some experimenting and some getting used to to do. And that goes for a lot of what's going to be happening with Needless Things in the coming months. I am, in a certain way, reinvigorated. Uh, because I had come to a point where I was very dissatisfied with the tools that I had to make things for you guys. And I was honestly getting to the decision where it was either stop doing it or suck it up and get new tools. And I love doing this so much that stop doing it really was not an option for me. So we've got new stuff. We're going to try new things. We're going to have more fun. And I hope that you guys come along for the ride. And I hope you tell your friends. That's always the key thing. Spread the word. Uh, Share the Needless Things podcast. Share those uh, YouTube video reviews. You know, YouTube is a, a very powerful tool for people trying to get things over. Uh, But I'm also, as I said, oh, no, wait, I didn't say it because I had to delete that entire track because the audio was jacked up for some reason. So I haven't even mentioned that yet. So I'll talk about, I'll save that for next week because we've got another great show next week, as was alluded to at the end of this one. So tune in. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.